Hello, Guadagnino. And this is Marilyn Guadagnino. You're listening to the Living Stress-Free Podcast. From Rochester, New York, on the edge of America. On the edge of America. Welcome. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Living Stress-Free Podcast. We love being here with you right now. Um, It's coming to Halloween time. Halloween's just a few days away, and um, I've been loving the decorations people are doing. Aren't they great? Yeah, they're great. There's a lot of the uh, inflatable, just more and more inflatable. I've seen whole yards with large monsters. <laughs> and it keeps taking me by surprise when I drive by. Out of the corner of my eye, I see this huge dragon, and it's like you're not expecting it there. So. Well, they're kind of cool because the wind blows them back and forth. Yes. It gives them some motion, you know. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, they seem to hold up better than the Santas. <laughs> That's true. The Santas are always down for the yeah, count. Yeah, it's like some, you know, some, some poor Santa who's just broken. I'm loving the tradition, though, of the decorating. I remember it didn't used to be this big a deal. It's really, you know, everybody decorated for Christmas. That right. was always a given. But other holidays, you never really saw much. But nowadays, they really go all out for Halloween. Yeah, they do. It used to be just carving pumpkins and... Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, people were still putting candles in the pumpkin. I know. Yeah, so, I know. and that that was an issue because not you know was, first of all the the pumpkins were usually moist unless you had them dry out a couple of days and then if they dried out too much they could start burning. So, was, <laughs> and then there was the wind going through the big mouth, you know. Exactly. But you know what I love about Halloween? It, it's if you look at what's really happening, it's a way of honoring um, the the darker side of life. You know, it's like we, which we usually don't do. You mean do. kind of day, like a day of the dead. Exactly, exactly. And we usually, you know, want nothing to do with that. We, we shun yeah. that. But it's this holiday, which like the day of the dead, is, is you're, you're embracing the, you know, the death, basically. Well, you see, well, I think you see that throughout the whole world. If you look around the whole world, there are cultures that do embrace that because it's part of life. Look at Kali in India, for instance, mm-hmm. the goddess Kali. You know, she's got like a skulls around her, and mm-hmm. her skirt is made of human arms and stuff like that. You know, <laughs> and not somebody you'd want at your wedding, maybe, but still a part of life. Exactly. Well, you know, death is a part of life, and um, you know, the cultures that seem to do well with it embrace it and accept it and don't see it as any different as anything else. They don't have the same fear factor. Yeah, that's a good good idea. So many people are so afraid of death, it it consumes their life, and Mm -hmm. it is just a natural Woody Allen, for God's sakes. (laughs) He's made like a hundred movies out of his fear of death. So our our topic for today is how not to be offended by everything you hear. <laughs> and maybe that's happened to you already. I'm offended just hearing that, you know. You telling me I can't be offended? <laughs> but um the reason we chose this to discuss today is because um well first of all, it's prevalent a lot right now. For example, the primary elections are coming up um just in a week from Tuesday. And people definitely have disagreements about politics. I you think, think? I think we all know that. <laughs> and, um, and there's that sense of being offended by what other people say. Certainly yes. in the political realm, um, you find it in religion. 
because religion is based on belief systems, and so if somebody's belief is different than somebody else's belief, it's like, you know... Well, religion is also really involved in politics nowadays, and, you know, historically it hasn't always been the case, so... Mm -hmm. That's very so true. So that's also adding to the political fire. Mm-hmm. And besides these, these hot topics like politics and religion, there's also, you know, I've been noticing on um, the news feed lately, there's a lot of articles coming out about meat and whether meat is healthy or not. And there's new evidence saying it is healthy, and then there's more people saying that's not. So eating meat or not eating meat is another very um, extreme, opinionated um, issue. Well, it also brings in the environment. Mm -hmm. That's one of the points of not eating meat or eating less meat is the environment impact it has, the environmental impact. As well as people's relationships with animals. Yes. And all of that is very much, uh, you know, combustible. <laughs> <laughs> so these are hot topics. They though. are hot topics. You know, and it's easy to get offended by what you hear about these things. Yeah, it so, is easy. So we wanted to, you know, explore this issue a little more and look at what is really touchy happening. Touchy subject, by it the way. It is a touchy subject. So why are we getting so offended, you know? And is getting offended getting in the way of us finding solutions to things? So that's what we wanted to cover today. And um, so let's jump right into it, shall we? So our minds are hardwired in the following way. You know, if you think about it, this is how our mind works when we get very passionate about our belief systems about a certain issue. Number one, we want to be right. Number two, we want other people to be wrong. <laughs> Number three, we believe being right will bring benefits to us and those who agree with us. And then we will gain power, security, and more likes on Facebook. <laughs> Hopefully. So that's, that's the tough one. <laughs> I mean, that's how the mind works, you know? Right. No, you're right. If you really dissect the mind and what it's really doing when we get, you know, impassioned about our, our well, beliefs, it's self, that's what's I, happening. I think it's self-protection. Mm -hmm. I don't, I, I think it's hard for all of us to realize that our ego, our sense of self, its main preoccupation is you know, to protect itself, its survival. Yes. And so a lot of feelings that have to do with survival and have to do with protecting oneself, I think, bleed into um, these hot issues. Actually, while we're on this subject, let me ask you a question uh, about your book, The Living Stress-Free Bible. Yes. Um, in there, and I, this, this, has to do with what we're talking about today in terms of, you know, these conflicts we find ourselves in with other people. And uh, we're on two different sides of the fence, so to speak. And, you know, what do we do about it? Especially a lot of times, let's face it, these people are family members, these people are co-workers, these people are friends. So you're talking about a very personal situation. But in your book, you kind of deal with polarization in kind of a more general way, but it can be applied to today. So I was thinking maybe we could look at a quote or two of your books and in, in your book, and then maybe you could kind of give us some commentary on it, how it fits in with what we're talking about today. Sounds that, good. That sounds, sounds good. Let's right. do it. Okay. So in chapter one, the third door, which by the way I love this chapter, um, you you say, and I quote. 
it is easy to perceive life through the lens of duality. We can always see two doors. For any situation, no matter what the circumstance, most of us can see two options, two possibilities for dealing with the issue. For many people, this boils down to the good decision or the bad decision, the positive or the negative, right or wrong, black or white, hot or cold, day or night, and so on. We live in a world of opposites and make most decisions based on polarity. What if there was a third option, a third door? What would happen if we took the time to explore another way of looking at the situation? So, great quote, by the way, I love that. But what specifically can you share with us about what that means? And when it comes to personal issues, like being over Thanksgiving dinner and disagreeing about things politically or religiously or some hot issue. Which is actually perfect timing because with the holidays coming up, we're going to be around our family and these things come up. So so the idea of the third door came to me from game shows when I was a kid. And Let's Make a Deal was a game show with Monty Hall and there would be three doors and two of them you knew what was behind them one had money for example one had a car and then the third door you didn't know what you were going to get so it was up to the contestant to decide if they wanted to take a chance but I always that always stuck in my head that I like the idea of three doors not only two because there is more than just the two opposites all the time with every issue and so that was that was the you know the foundation of where the whole idea came from so so the point is that if you only see everything as either this or that you're going to increase your stress and everything we do is to teach you guys how to lower your stress you know so if you only see my way or the other way that means that there's there's no room for anything else and so if if you're not right, that means you're wrong. And right and wrong just causes the mind to get more stuck in stressful feelings because it's, let's just It's a no-win situation. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it's a no-win situation. No, I get it. I see what you're saying. You, so, you know? so we tend to get stuck in extremes. And this, this isn't something that's just happening in our political world. This is something that the mind tends to do in many situations. Yeah, I see it like a closed fist, you know? A closed fist is, okay, there's my way or the other way, and that's it. And it's a very small world, you know, view. Right. And closed fist, what do you think of if you're closed fist? It's tension. You it's tension. It's conflict. And it's anger. You're yeah. going to punch somebody. Yeah. So to me, the third door opens your hand it takes the fist and unclenches it and opens up because there's there is other ways of looking at things let me ask you this i think i've got it so the more concrete our ideas of any situation in life the more we're going to automatically polarize with other ideas exactly and that tension doesn't have any way of resolving itself, so it's just going to escalate. Is that? Yes, that's okay. exactly. Yeah, it. I can. And it causes conflict, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of conflict 
that is just um, increasing nowadays. Mm -hmm. um, just look, look in the news. And we're about to have a lot of holidays with our family members, and there's conflicts. And I know, I know many people that actually, instead of looking forward to, oh, I'm going to spend time with my family. It's going to be great. We're going to have Thanksgiving and Christmas. and you know, <laughs> is, that your, is that your family voice? <laughs> <laughs> the truth is yeah. many people dread it. Or they have trepidation, or they say, okay, well, I'll just stay like a couple hours. That's about all I can take. And I'm going home and watch of TV. Say that. Yeah, Lots so, I mean, come on, there, there are loved ones. Why are we feeling that way? I think it's because of the conflict around our belief systems that's in the way. So, I've discovered one of the most helpful strategies a person can do for another is to show them the third door. There's always another way to perceive a situation outside of the obvious choices. All it takes is going beyond the natural tendency of the mind to polarize the issue and explore other angles and ways of thinking and feeling. Okay, so, all right, so let me get this. So, the idea is to explore all of the different sides of any particular issue without necessarily coming to a conclusion about what's wrong or right at this moment. That's the hard part because stress wants you to make a decision. Okay. We all hate feeling stressed. Yes. So sitting with not being I able hate to feeling make... Stress, so I agree. Uh, yeah. So if you sit without making a decision, that right. makes your stress go higher. That like I have to make a decision. Right. I have to. Oh my God! I have to. I have to. I have to go one way or the other here. So and when we're let's let's bring. But so yes. we're at Thanksgiving dinner, yes. and you're from one political party, and I'm another political party, and we get into a conversation as as we're passing the potatoes around, and and um, <laughs> you know I'm, my situation is, is is becoming more and more definite and concrete and certain and specific, mm -hmm. and yours is too. Mm -hmm. And we're becoming more and more frustrated with each other because obviously the other person's an idiot. And, you know, and that tension is happening. And you're suggesting the only way out of that is to explore all the different possibilities in whatever situation we're discussing, like health care or whatever, whatever it may be, to look at all the different ideas without necessarily coming to any ideas or conclusions about it. And that... Each person could come to their own conclusions, but when it comes to working with people or living with people or having a holiday dinner with people, it's actually best to be able to explore all the different options that people have at the table. Does Correct. That okay. Correct. And be willing to say, well, maybe there's another way we can look at this. Mm -hmm. I mean, this comes up with couples all the time, couples therapy. You know, couples that have conflict, they get very polarized. Very, you know, one, one spouse wants things one way, the other wants to do things another way, and they just can't seem to come to any compromise. Yeah. What family therapists will do is help them find a third option. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you both need... You know, maybe you both need to look at another way. So it's not like, well, she gets to be right and he gets to be wrong or vice versa. It's that third option. So I think the third option idea works for Thanksgiving dinner. It works for the um, politics and religion and um, everything. I really look at it this way. When faced with a challenging issue, if only two solutions arise, this polarized perception will create anxiety that will force the stressed person to choose a side and make a quick decision to relieve the anxiety. The problem is this decision was made from a stressful state of mind, you know? It may not be the best solution because we're making it out right. of 
right. out of that desire to you know resolve this quickly. Right. So worse yet, the decision may not resolve the issue, and it will return, causing an endless loop of stress repeating itself. Right, and this gets back, I think, to what I was saying before about the ego's nature to protect itself. Mm-hmm. So if you and I are, you know, kind of disagreeing about something. Your ego is trying to protect itself. My ego is trying to protect myself. This is unavoidable. Right. I mean, in what we teach in Living Stress-Free, this is just simply a principle, a basic principle. That there's no way out of that. If the ego is, is trying to defend itself, there's no resolution in sight. True? Mm-hmm. You know, as long as, the, as long as we're trying to secure our own ground, secure our own safety, no matter how indignant we get, no matter how impassioned we are, it's self-preservation, baby. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's part of it, too. It's a very strong point that we have to remember that as, as, as um, you know, sincere as we are about our ideas and our feelings, that, that does not necessarily, even if we have some evidence to support ourselves, that, that doesn't mean that there's no ego involved that there's no right. self-preservation and, and involved. And we need to watch that because it closes down conversations. It, it also closes down solutions and creativity. Mm-hmm. Seeing situations in a black and white way, no matter who you are, um, it still puts us in a, a very limited position of finding out what we can do about a problem in society or in our own life. I think, I think what most people don't realize about their mind and where these ideas and beliefs are coming from is the fact that every thought we have is a memory. There is no thought that ever occurs in our mind if it's generated from the mind that isn't from our past. And just this knowledge is is pretty amazing to contemplate and suggest that everybody listening think about this because there is no thought you're having that isn't from your past so what that means is our belief systems are all based on our past they're based on past experiences that had a strong impression on us Mm -hmm. and that formed like um very strong opinions for example um one that we use very often is dogs you know if you were growing up and you had a bad experience with a dog it attacked you maybe and you know to this in your adult life, you would probably have some sense of um, caution about dogs because of that. Or even agitation, because that's a form of protection, too. Right, or, or fear. Where other people had grew up with um, very cuddly, sweet, you know, affectionate dogs, and so they will always have that with them as they right. grow up. So, so a person's opinion about a dog, is it wrong or right? It goes beyond wrong or right. It just is based on their past experiences with dogs. So it really is the same with all these hot topics we talked about. Right. So this is, by the way, this is, I'm sorry, I, I just, now I feel impassioned about this. Um, <laughs> you know, this is a real LSF principle. Uh-huh. This is something that we teach people. If you've never been involved in living stress-free, this is something we teach people folks every day we share with folks every day no matter what we're doing with them uh, it could be individual counseling life coaching classes courses retreats whatever it may be one of the most things that we share with folks is that we're not experiencing the world we're experiencing our our history our thoughts about the world and our feelings about the world which are part of our thoughts which are part of our history 
so it's that's a very different idea. Most people think that they're in their minds they're experiencing reality and they're debating what to do about it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. at living stress free, we're we're actually saying to people, no, you're not experiencing reality. You're experiencing your own ideas about reality, and those ideas are inherently your past. Yes. Yes. Exactly. So every conflict you're having at Thanksgiving dinner... Pass the potatoes because we're only up, talking about our past, it's baby. Best, <laughs> it's all about the past. I mean, come to think of it, I never thought about it till this moment right now, but academia is this way. School is this way. How do you get a, an A in a class how well you remember the information right. that you were taught? Right. And that's all pulling stuff out of memory. Right. So how good are you at remembering things is really how good your grades are going to be. And every, you know, we, mind is memory. Well, you know, something, can I just share something that sounds like it's off topic, but it's, it's really related. And I've been listening to this video and I've been reading on this subject for a long time. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't know that in India, which is a country that I'm very spiritually connected with, um, you know, does not at all buy any of the European histories of it in other words it just simply does not and it is never taught any of these histories so in other words what you and I grew up and almost everyone we know or have ever met grew up thinking about India is just simply not what many people in India would ever buy about their history whatsoever and this is never discussed so in other words we have these past impressions about this particular country and this country is saying that's not our past, that's not what happened. You know, very old civilization, by the way. And we basically are saying, oh, yes, it is. You know, because this is what we were taught. This is what we were told in school. This is what our education told us. And at the same time, those are really just other people's past impressions of India. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you have India's past impressions of India and then people who discovered, not discovered, but explored India, which were mostly missionaries in those days. And they had their impressions. And their impressions, those missionaries, became our history of mm-hmm. India. So, you know, that's a very interesting idea that that we forget sometimes that facts that we've been taught are not necessarily factual. And it begs to bring up the question what is right and what is wrong like fact checking (laughs) it brings fact checking to a whole new level because (laughs) you know we really don't know if the source of our information is ultimately correct no it's very and that's a sobering statement yeah it is and, and, people means, do, and people don't like that statement because no. people like to hold on to, okay, what's right, what's wrong, tell me, okay, I'm going to do that. And it just makes life so much easier. But there's no third door there. <laughs> there's no third door there. That's right. Good point. Sure, I have this quartz crystal in my office. And I, I love to gaze at it and notice the different sides, the form of the rock displays as all these different sides to right, it. Right, you told me. It's beautiful. And it's the perfect metaphor for seeing different sides of any situation. So, you know, sometimes I hand it to a client as we explore different options and ways of looking at their dilemma. So we loosen the rigid dualistic perception and allowing for not knowing. Not knowing is not easy for most people. 
Knowing is seen as a sign of intelligence, capability, and success. So being in the know is an honored trait. However, if you study the ancient wisdom from yogic, Taoist, and Buddhist traditions, to not know is what's most valued. And in the Upanishads, which are ancient Vedic texts, they state, he who knows knows not, he who knows not knows. So there's intelligence and not knowing. Yes, of course, because everything we know may not be as accurate as we think it is. And it's only it's a past impression. We're not saying it's not factual or true. Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not, sometimes it's distorted fact. But it is from the past. And not knowing isn't really ignorance the way right. the Upanishads are talking about. It. It, not knowing is just simply being open to what is without drawing conclusions at this moment. Right. It's not, uh, many people connect not knowing with being stupid or right. dumb. Right. It's got nothing to do with that. No, it not actually, in this situation. Right. It actually means you're wise. Right. Yeah. So we're suggesting adding wisdom to the extreme belief systems we're getting into with politics and religion. Good suggestion. Diet. I like the wisdom word. And everything else. I know. I love wisdom. So, um, so mentioned briefly earlier that all thought is from memory. Mind is memory. There is no new idea coming out of the mind. So where do people that have new creative ideas, where does it come from? That is another thing that we teach people. It comes from this inner awareness, this pure awareness we call core awareness. That's where new ideas come from because there is creativity in the world. There is new thought, new ideas. It comes from a place that goes beyond the mind. Mm -hmm. So we have this awesome, awesome um, half-day course workshop coming up on November 9th, which is meant to connect people to right. their awareness, their core awareness, where the creativity and new thoughts come from. And it's called Serenity Immersion. And also, it's a huge thing for us at ELSA because we have never before taught mantra meditation. No. Up to this point, remember we started 2011, so up to this point we have taught the LSF meditation technique, which is not a mantra technique. And we felt very strongly that people should first get centered in a practice like that. And now we're going to, for the first time, teach folks um, a mantra meditation, as well as also um, what we call LSF Spanda Sound Meditation, which in the past was called Nada Meditation. And that is something that's a, a technique that you actually created, a sound technique. I did. And could you share a little bit about how your sound meditation technique, how that fits in with mantra? Absolutely. So sound is based on vibration and vibration of energy. Mantra is a syllable, which is also based on vibration. So the whole Spanda sound meditation is designed to help everyone notice vibration and the effect it has on their body and their mind and to listen to sound vibrations and how that interacts with silence and it brings people away from their mind which again that's where all the memories and past impressions it actually draws you away from all that to that deeper core awareness in the same way mantras do that mantras are 
actually these these little seed syllables vibrations vibrations of energy so we're dealing with an outward external vibration and then we're going to go to an internal vibration through the mantra use so it's an exciting brand new um uh product that we're offering that um, I, I can't wait i can't wait it's november 9th so let me clarify about this yes. so one sound uh, the spanda spanda by the way means vibration yes. spanda sound meditation we're going to start with external sounds yes. that bring us into internal vibrations yes and then core awareness and mm-hmm. with mantra we're going to begin at core awareness mm-hmm. and go into vibration that's it, baby. Okay. So and all of this is going to help you with your third door. We're going in the outdoor and out the outdoor, yeah? <laughs> because it's going to get rid of the polarized way of looking at everything. You just you end up just dropping all that. And if any of you out there, I know there's a lot of you out there that say, I can never stop thinking. My mind never shuts up. I, this is the time. I'm challenging uh, you. I, you gar- will, I, I challenge you too. I guarantee you, your mind will shut up. Your mind will stop. Yes. yes. Check it out. So go to our, our website, livingstressfree.org, for more information about the Serenity Immersion on Saturday, November 9th in Rochester, New York. Um, for those of you that are also interested in connecting with us on a weekly basis through Zoom we offer we are now offering starting in november um a supercharged video conference every wednesday night at 7 p.m check in with lou and i about how your practices are going the only prerequisite is that you've learned something from us whether it's individually or through a course you've taken or or anything and if you sign up before november 1st for our video conference um, on our website, livingstressfree.org, you'll get the first one free if you do it before November 1st. Yay! So the, the quotes we use today are from my book, Living Stress, uh, the Living Stress-Free Bible, 20 Techniques to Make Your Life Less Stressful. There's that available too. Holidays are coming. It's a great gift for That's people. Give great... people the gift of stress-free I still living. Read it every day, nah. honest to God. Every day uh-huh. I start my morning. Well, thank you. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. Happy Halloween, everybody. Yes, happy Halloween. Have a great time.